This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 105 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. We wrapped up 1980s sitcoms in our last episode. Out of 17 shows, down from 31 in the previous year, only four survived past their first seasons for a success rate of only 23%. Now that's about the same as the previous season, but with just over half of the total number of sitcoms. The survivors, Flo, It's a Living, Too Close for Comfort, and Bosom Buddies. On to 1981, new cable networks, MTV, Arts, which would later merge into A&E, and CBS Cable, which was gone a year later. Andy Kaufman disrupts sketches on the show Fridays, later determined to have been staged. Meanwhile, SNL member Charles Rocket uses the F word on live TV, which would result in him, most of the cast, and the new producer fired, bringing back Lorne Michaels. Walter Cronkite retires, and Dan Rather takes over the CBS Evening News. Fred Silverman is let go from NBC after he nearly bankrupts the network. By the way, multiple NBC affiliates bolted that year, switching alliances to other networks. A baseball season shortened by a strike begins in August. Luke and Laura are married on General Hospital, becoming the second most watched wedding in history behind Charles and Diana. And Pat Sajak takes over from Chuck Woolery on Wheel of Fortune. New non-sitcoms? Dynasty, Hill Street Blues, The Greatest American Hero, Entertainment Tonight, The Fall Guy, Simon and Simon, and Falcon Crest. Harper Valley PTA premiered on NBC on January 16, 1981, at 8 p.m. Based on the 1978 film about attractive single mother Stella, Barbara Eden, returning to TV and reprising her film role in a small conservative town. The film, in turn, was based on a 1968 country hit performed by Jeannie C. Riley. George Goebel plays the mayor, also reprising his film role, with Jen Thompson as Stella's daughter, Anne Francis as her PTA nemesis with her family, daughter Bridget Hanley, son-in-law Ron McCary, and granddaughter Susie Dean. Stella's ally was Cassie, played by Fanny Flagg. Like many shows at the time, it had a short first season due to the strike and then got a makeover. The PTA was dropped from the storyline and the series name, and a new group of characters came in, including one played by Edie McClurg, along with a bumbling uncle, Mills Watson, who was a terrible inventor. Now, we covered Barbara Eden way back in episode 18 for How to Marry a Millionaire. Of course, this was her big return to TV post I Dream of Jeannie. We covered Fanny Flagg in episode 60 for the new Dick Van Dyke show, and Edie McClurg in episode 85 for the Calacacs. George Goebel started as a country singer, performing in WLS Radio's National Barn Dance. After serving in the Army Air Corps in World War II as a flight instructor, he moved from singing to comedy, getting an eponymous variety show on NBC, making him one of the biggest comedy stars of the time and winning an Emmy. 
Goble and a business partner started a production company responsible for Leave It to Beaver. Lonesome George had a long career on variety shows, game shows in Vegas, and on the stage in the show Let It Ride. He was also all over TV in guest roles for decades. Apart from a series of sketches on the Red Skeleton show, this was his only regular scripted TV role. Goble is also remembered for a Tonight Show segment where he followed Bob Hope and Dean Martin. He remarked, Did you ever get the feeling that the world was a black tuxedo and you were a pair of brown shoes? Goble passed in 1991. Anne Francis started out as a cabaret singer, spending the 40s in London and Paris. She then moved to the stage in You Can't Take It With You, MAME, The School for Scandal, Anything Goes. This show was her only regular TV series, and she retired in the mid-80s, passing in 1999. Bridget Hanley had already been a TV regular on Here Come the Brides and appeared in TV guest spots from the 60s to the 90s. Rod McCary would go on to Just Our Luck, Shell Game, and Sparks, with a lot of TV guest work and TV movies in between. Films include Stir Crazy and 28 Days. Mills Watson studied acting and attended the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, spent the 60s and 70s doing mostly guest TV work, much of it on westerns. Did have a recurring run on Alias Smith & Jones, Gunsmoke, and The Rockford Files. In 1978, he got the role he's best remembered for, Deputy Perkins on B.J. and the Bear, and its spinoff, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. He later got a run on the A-Team, and in films Papillon, Up in Smoke, and Cujo, Watson is retired with his last role in 1992. Harper Valley PTA did run for two seasons, although it only racked up 30 episodes in total. In an attempt to boost ratings, Eden started also playing her devious twin Della with a black wig, a la the other genie. Such a stunt makes sense when you consider that Sherwood Schwartz produced the series. TV Land would later run the show. It's difficult to find online since most of the links point to the film. A TV Academy interview with Eden indicated that the characters were more caricatures than in the film and that the second season was quite the mess. I did find the opening theme, which is, of course, the song that started it all. It's a new life for two girls named Brady Who have met the bunch to make it on their own Jan fell in love with a man named Philip The night the guy she knows In the meantime, along came Wally He's different The Brady Brides premiered on NBC on February 6, 1981 at 8.30 p.m. The first attempt to reboot slash resume TV's classic 70s sitcom if you don't include the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Originally produced as a TV reunion movie, but the network decided at the last moment to break it out into three weekly segments, kicking off a new series. This was the only time that the entire original cast came back together. All the other reboots involved at least one member refusing to participate. Of course, the leads are now Jan and Marsha, Eve Plum and Maureen McCormick, with the other kids and dad Mike, Robert Reed, MIA after the actual wedding, if IMDb is to be believed. That leaves mom Carol, Florence Henderson, and Alice, Ann B. Davis, the former becoming a guest star. Jan marries Philip Covington III, Ron Coleman, which is, as the name indicates, is conservative, while Marcia marries wacky Wally Logan, Jerry Hauser. 
Per TV Logic, both new couples want to buy homes immediately, but neither can afford it. So they get apartments instead, right? Nope. They go in on a single house and share it. Wackiness ensues. Now, we covered most of the cast in episode 54 for the Mothership series. Anne B. Davis back in episode 12 for the Bob Cummings show, a.k.a. Love That Bob. And Jerry Hauser in episode 76 for Will Get By. Ron Coleman would go on to Days of Our Lives and the further Brady reboots, along with the film Splash. Considering the fact that the original Brady Bunch series never got into the top 30 in terms of ratings, its longevity is amazing, as well as how eager networks and producers are in rebooting it. NBC clearly thought they had a hit, which is why they abandoned the TV movie. It didn't work out. The show was gone in a total of 10 episodes, with three of those being the chopped-down TV movie. I found an episode on Daily Motion. The opening theme uses the original melody to explain what is going on now. The show feels more like a Miller Milkis show than a Sherwood Schwartz show, possibly because it's now multicam with a studio audience. The characters seem to be mentally stuck in their teenage years. It's like a parody of a family sitcom, including a wacky mix-up and a precocious neighbor kid covering the Cousin Oliver angle. Somehow, veteran actor Joseph Campanella was suckered into a cameo. The next show on the list is Aloha Paradise, which premiered on ABC on February 25th, 1981 at 9 p.m. However, the show is essentially a love boat clone with Debbie Reynolds stepping into the captain's stooping role, running a Hawaiian resort, and follows tourists falling in love. Aaron Spelling even produced it, and Pat Klaus, who would later take on the cruise director role on The Love Boat, has a similar role here. Since we declared Love Boat to be a romance anthology, Aloha Paradise falls into the same classification, so we're skipping it. Hi, I'm Judy Benjamin. My parents gave me everything. Clothes, cars, money. Everything that is except a purpose in life. Daddy thought I was fine the way I was. Mother thought I just needed a husband. I decided I needed a change. Private Benjamin premiered on CBS on April 6, 1981 at 8 p.m., Based on the hit Goldie Hawn film about a spoiled socialite that joins the army with Lorna Patterson stepping into the role. Eileen Brennan and Hal Williams reprise their film roles as her superiors. Other recruits are played by Joyce Little, Joan Roberts, Francesca Roberts, Lisa Raggio, and Demita Joe Freeman. In the second season, new privates arrived, Ann Ryerson, Lucy Webb, and in season three, Wendy Jo Sperber, Robert Mandan also came in that year as the camp commandant. Now, we covered Lorna Patterson in episode 99 for Working Stiffs, Eileen Brennan in episode 95 for 13 Queens Boulevard, Hal Williams in episode 62 for Sanford and Son, Robert Mandan in episode 86 for Soap, and Wendy Jo Sperber in our last episode for Bosom Buddies. Francesca Roberts went on to recur or be a regular on Frank's Place, Have Faith, Baby Talk, Fire Up, Maggie, Home Improvement, 10-8 Officers on Duty, Big Shots, Boston Legal, and a ton of TV guest spots, as well as films Inside Moves, Hard to Kill, and Legally Blonde, as well as regional stage work. 
Lisa Raggio would go on to voice work on G.I. Joe, Mighty Mouse, An American Tale, Five O Goes West, Animaniacs, Ah, Real Monsters, Monsters Incorporated, and a series of McDonald's shorts as well as the series Bad Timing and the film The Fabulous Baker Boys. Demita Joe Freeman was a dancer on the Soul Train and appeared in The Man with One Red Shoe. Ann Ryerson appeared in films Caddyshack and Minority Report while doing voice work on Super Ted. She was also a member of The Second City. Lucy Webb would go on to early news mockery, not necessarily the news, as well as the series Charlie Hoover and the film The Story of Us. As mentioned, Private Benjamin ran for three seasons, but with an asterisk. The first season was all of four episodes, with a grand total of 39. Eileen Brennan was nominated all three years for an Emmy, winning the first year, as well as a Gold Globe and The People's Choice. The show started on location, but later moved to sound stages and a laugh track. Near the end of the third season, Brennan was involved in a serious car accident, and Polly Holiday came in to cover for her. It was only one appearance, and then the show was gone. Like many shows based on a movie, it's difficult to find much online about it versus the original, but I did find an episode on Daily Motion. Patterson has far too much makeup for the Army. Brendan really goes for it and is the only good thing about the show. It's only 22 minutes, but it seemed like a day. Us premiered on CBS on April 6, 1981 at 8.30 p.m., not to be confused with an unrelated 1986 U.K. sitcom of the same name or of Two's Company, the 1975 U.K. sitcom of which this is a U.S. knockoff. Mimi Kennedy plays Nan, a divorced single mother and co-host of a local Regis and Kathy Lee type show. Philbin was in fact doing a local L.A. show at the time. She's not great as a housekeeper, so she hires Robert Peter Cook, a stuffy British butler type. Dana Hill played her daughter, Oliver Clark, her agent, and Tim Thomerson came in during the second season to play the co-host of the fake show. Peter Cook is a seminal figure in British comedy. His father was a diplomat and his mother was of a very prominent family. He went off to Cambridge originally to follow in his father's footsteps, but wound up writing and performing for the Cambridge Footlights, a long-running comedy group that would begin the careers of Monty Python's Eric Idle, Graham Chapman, and John Cleese, along with Julian Fellows, David Frost, and Hugh Laurie, just to name a few. While at university, he co-created Beyond the Fringe, a satirical stage show, along with Jonathan Miller, Alan Bennett, and Dudley Moore. Cook went on to run a cabaret known as The Establishment, with Lenny Bruce performing there. A TV show he pitched to the BBC later became That Was the Week That Was, a proto-daily show. He and Moore created not only but also a sketch series. Then Cook went off to do films, Bedazzled, The Rise and Rise of Michael Rimmer, Yellowbeard, Supergirl, Whoops Apocalypse, as well as a long run on the talk show circuit, The Two of Us was his only regular U.S. TV role. He would return to comedy shows over the years, some as reunions with Dudley Moore, Cook passed in 1995. 
Dana Hill originally planned to be a track and field athlete. She was competitive at the U.S. level in the 880-yard and mile runs before diabetes ended those plans, as well as stunted her growth. She did commercial work before some guest TV roles, and then came the two of us. There was Fallen Angel, a TV movie about molestation, which earned her praise and awards. Her film work includes Shoot the Moon and National Lampoon's European Vacation. She returned to TV for Sugar and Spice. Hill moved into voice work, the new Yogi Bear Show, Mighty Mouse, Darkwing Duck, Widget the World Watcher, Goof Troop, Rugrats, Sonic the Hedgehog, Bobby's World, Hot Rod Dogs and Cool Car Cats, and Duckman. She passed in 1996 at the young age of 32. Now, we covered Mimi Kennedy in episode 95 for Stockard Channing in Best Friends, Oliver Clark in episode 87 for We've Got Each Other, and Tim Thomerson in episode 88 for Quark. The two of us did almost as well as Two's Company, its progenitor, which ran for four seasons and 29 episodes, and that's how UK series go. The U.S. version ran two seasons and 20 episodes, with the first season including only four of them. It might have gotten a longer run than it might have deserved due to actor and writer strikes going on. The network needed new material, and this was available. I watched an episode on YouTube which had Norwegian subtitles. The show is all about caring for the agent's dog, which of course is a TV trope. I found myself rolling my eyes a lot. The humor is rather forced, but the cast does their best to sell it. More of 1981 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time. <laughs>